Welcome to the Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man podcast, dedicated to all the men who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages, with host Arturo Henriquez and sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this podcast. So am I the problem? It's interesting because I was looking on my website and I noticed that several people had been searching for, am I the problem in my marriage? which is kind of interesting when there's kind of a trend. And so then I open up an email and have a couple of messages from people who in, you know, and I'm mincing words here, but are asking the same thing. Maybe I'm the problem. Am I the problem? Am I the one who messed this up? And so I want to jump out since that seems to be kind of a concern for people and talk about whether you are the problem. But I want you to understand that we're going to kind of make a turn with that because I think that that's not always the best question. In fact, I would put it as there are several questions that are better that we're going to get into just a minute. So let's talk about this. This is just kind of one of those questions that comes up over years, you know, with people wondering, are they the problem? Are they the issue in their life? Am I the issue in my life, in my marriage, in my work, in my relationships? Whatever that is, that they're having problems. The fact is that I can say that they are certainly pieces of the puzzle. So I've had people in the program that have told me the exact same story about relationship after relationship after relationship. I had one person who came in and said, I can't believe it. My spouse is always lying to me and cheating on me. And my friends are always betraying me and and work is screwing me over. And I finally stopped him and I said, hey, I just want to raise one question for you. And he said, what's that? And I said, what do you see as the common issue? And he said, yeah, I know, right? People are just jerks in the world. And I said, no, the common issue is you. You are true in all of those issues. So I wonder what it is that's driving that. The fact is, whatever is going on in our lives, we either allow it or create it in some way. Now, Does that make us the problem? Does it make it our fault? So before we answer that, let me talk a little bit about it theoretically. One of the things that I discovered in college was the idea that we exist in systems. And it was pretty eye-opening for me. So I had gone through my education. I was brought up in probably the same kind of Western system you are that focuses on the individual. When we're looking at what happens in history, we look at this individual that did something. When we look at our own life, we look at ourselves as individuals. We sometimes have notions of being on a team when we're playing in sports, but many times it's still a focus on ourselves, right? We have in our Western culture this idea of the rugged individual who pulls himself up or herself up by the bootstraps and gets things done, right? It's up to us as individuals. And sometimes we miss the fact that there's more to it than just simply that. I remember years ago having a gentleman uh, who was telling me how he was a self-made man. And I've often said that about my life, right? That I am a self-made man. That everything about his life was because he had brought something into it. That he created that. He built his business from scratch. And he made himself wealthy all on his own. And I challenge him on that because I know his history and I know my history. 
And I said, let me ask you a question. Where did you get that business? And he sheepishly told me that he bought it from his father. It'd been a family business. And he said, but I bought it, right? I'm the one who bought that. And I said, how did you pay for that? And he said, well, from profits that I was creating in the business. And so I said, so you basically got the business by forestalling yourself, getting profit for a while, right? For, you know, forestalling the profit that you were going to receive. That's a little different than buying it. And he acknowledged that. And then we talked a little bit about the customers that came in and made a purchase. We talked about the people who were working for him that were selling the product. We talked about the people that were delivering the product. We talked about the people that were producing the product. We talked about the different suppliers that helped us in, in giving us you know, raw materials to make the product and so on and so forth. And he began to be aware that he wasn't quite as self-made, quote unquote, as he, he would have liked to you know, have believed himself to be. The fact is none of us are self-made and all of us are a product of system or systems. We're born into a family. We're born into a culture, a society. We're born into a lot of different pieces of the system. And so in college, I was presented with this idea that it wasn't the individual that matter. It was more the system that matter and understanding what was going on. So if we step back a minute and we not so much focus on the individual, we notice that we are all parts of systems. We grew up in a family. How you understand the world started in that family. Whatever that family beliefs were, that started there. Your members of your family, your parents grew up in families that grew up in families that grew up in families. In other words, they all had families that influenced them and families that influenced them. And sometimes psychology has tended to look at the individual and blame somebody often the mother for what's happened, sometimes the father, sometimes the parents for what's happened, missing the fact that those individuals also grew up in something. They had parents, they had mothers, they had fathers, and on and on and on it goes. The same thing I notice in marriages. It's a system. It's two people creating something bigger than themselves, as I call it being a we, a system, a team. And by the way, you as an individual, your system as well, you know, you build up a subsystems, this respiratory system, the nervous system, the cardiac system, among many other systems, your cells all work together uh, as a system or subsystems. And so we're all systems as we kind of step back and we see ourselves in a bigger and bigger web of relationships. The fact is that those relationships affect us. But the fact also is that we also affect those relationships. Now, one of the things that you can notice is that parts of a system can and do break. That's true. If you look at your car, your car is a system. All those different parts, all those different pieces fitting together to get you from one place to another. That's a system. If you look at any product, it's probably coming from a system. If you break it down, you begin to find the smaller parts that could break. If you're driving down the road and one piece of your car breaks, you might end up on the side of the road, even though almost all the rest of the car is in fine shape. So a piece of the system can break. Understand that there are times when there is a problem with one particular piece. In your family, maybe someone gets sick and it affects the rest of the system. My point here is that we are always contributing and receiving from these systems that surround us. 
And our focus here is about the relationship, your marriage that you're a part of, that how you interact with each other. That's a system. One of the things that happens when people get married is they begin to form habits and systems in place in their relationship so that they get through life. You and your wife probably even, you didn't even talk about it, broke down the kind of the needs of the household. Maybe one of you assumed responsibility for one piece and, and the other person the other piece. And if you did that intentionally, you may have said, hey, you know, why don't you take care of this and I'll take care of that. You know, like in my, in my family, in my relationship with my wife, I said, I'll take care of bringing in money. You take care of the family. You take care of the, uh, the, our daughters. So sometimes it just kind of comes together in a strangely organic way that creates some dysfunction along the way, whether you talked about it or not, I mean. Now, remember that that system, your marriage, is on this lifeblood as, as we've talked about it, the connection. It, it's, your, your, that system is fed via the connection that you have, physical and emotional. The reason you want to stay a part of the system is because you're in connection with each other. When that very piece of the system is disrupted, well, that's where one of the big problems in marriages comes. In fact, in a very strong marriage, a breakdown of a part can sometimes be dealt with by the system. For instance, let's say that suddenly you're not able to do things because of a health crisis. Maybe you got sick or injured and your spouse had to kind of take up the slack, pick up the slack, or vice versa. Maybe your spouse is injured or sick and you have to take up that slack. And in that process, the system kind of rebalances itself by moving this, you know, parts of the systems and assuming those responsibilities. It's more organic than your car. For the car, if one thing breaks, it could take down the whole system. And it's not going to kind of rebalance itself. It could take down the whole car. But in relationships, we have fluidity. In families, we tend to compensate for the problem. Sometimes even the compensation can get us into trouble. For instance, if one person begins to take back from responsibility, step back from what they need to be doing, the other person might step up to make sure it happens and in the process, assume more and more responsibility until they are overwhelmed. They are overcompensating because that other person is undercompensating. And that can happen in any relationships. And that's more organic. Any system that's based in relationships, it's more organic. That does happen. The other day, I was talking with somebody who was telling me about their family that they grew up in. And in that family, the father abandoned the family and the mother was mentally ill. From the time that child was 12 years old, that child was responsible for the income. Imagine that at that age. Now, the adult was looking back, realizing that no 12-year-old should be out trying to make money for that family. Yet that was the circumstances of this family. And yet that was, that was what that child was having to do, feeling all that responsibility. And they would come home to find that their mother was not able to function, not be able to cook or clean or take care of anyone. And because there were more kids in the family, that 12-year-old, which then became a 13-year-old, and then a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old, etc., was having to take responsibility for cleaning the house, getting food on the table, and taking care of the younger children. No surprise that when that person hit adulthood, that person was hyper-responsible until one day that person was exhausted 
and couldn't do it anymore. So that person had compensated for years, but there was a toll to it. There was a cost. And he, brought, he brings that into that relationship. All that to say that when we are in relationships, the danger is pointing to one piece and saying, that's the problem. And that's the problem with the question of, am I the problem? Am I to blame? It's looking for blame. The problem with blame is it's always bound in the past, right? The second thing is it removes all of the systems in place. It removes all the relationships in place that are a piece of the puzzle. So it's isolating it to one piece. It's kind of like you take your, you know, your car to the mechanic and they say, well, yes, this happened in your car and that's why I broke down. That's very clear. That's black and white. It's a mechanical piece that could fail. In relationships, it's very much more to it than that. It's way more complex. There's, more, you know, there's much more of an interplay and a much more of a dance in the relationship that has to be looked at. So instead of asking the question, am I the problem? The better question is, what role have I played in the system breaking down? What role have I played gets you to look at how the dance happens in a relationship, how the web of that relationship worked together or didn't work so well together. So asking what role have I played can give you kind of an understanding of how you got to this place. But now let's ask the best question, not just a better question, but the best question. What role will I play going forward? You see, that's no longer looking in the past. That's no longer looking in the rear mirror. In other words, what will I do going forward? What am I going to do from, for this relationship piece going forward? Where was I, where will I be in this dance? And there are times when you may recognize that you were the driving force in the past for a situation. Sometimes you'll recognize that your actions were part of a system. You weren't the driving force sometimes. You were responding to other things. The reality is that we need to ask the question to understand where we need to make shifts. If we haven't shown up in our relationship and we look back and realize that we weren't showing up, there's an opportunity to change that going forward. And that's the last question. If we were maybe doing too much, taking too much responsibility, and at the same time pulling that for somebody else, we might have to step back and say, I was part of that as well. I allowed that to be the case. I was overcompensating for somebody that was undercompensating. This is a space between the blame and responsibility. And that's where I want to leave this focus. We're about responsibility, the ability to respond. That's what we're all about. We can always go differently going forward. The nice thing is that we're often given the opportunity to course correct in life. Blame to responsibility is probably the most important task we have in maturing. Stop blaming and start taking responsibility, which is the ability to respond. To stop looking for who's to blame, stop asking, am I to blame? And start saying, how can I make a difference here? What is my responsibility in the process? I often use this example, if the house is burning down and you're standing in the house, 
is now the best time to ask who lit the fire? To look for blame? Or is it a great time to say, how do we deal with this? How do I get out safely? How do I get anybody else I can safely out of this burning house, out of this crisis? Later on, you may ask, okay, what do we need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again? But that's a forward-looking question after you've already made it through the process of recovery and you've made it out safely. A friend of mine told me once something that has become a core belief of mine, um, which helped me through my dark times as I was dealing with my marriage breakdown. And this to me is one of those pivotal points, and it is to recognize that people do the best they can given where they are. That doesn't mean we're always working from an optimal perspective. It just means that we're working from what we know right now, given where we are. And by the way, that applies to your wife as well, to your spouse. Spouses do the best they can given where they are. Everybody does the best they can given where they are. Could we have done better? Sure, absolutely. But at the moment, given what was going on, we were doing the best we can given where we were. That helped get me get a lot of the resentment I had towards my wife out of my system. When I, when, when I processed that and I started focusing myself because I said my wife was doing the best giving where she was at the time. So I'm not saying that people are operating at their optimum. I'm saying that people are doing the best they can given right then and there. Let's say there's a crisis and their fears are kicked in and all of their responses that they have learned over time about fear and crisis kick in. Are they being optimal in their reaction? Probably not. Are they doing the best they can given that moment? Yes, as were you. So when we make that shift, we're already pivoting away from, am I the problem into what can I do from here? Here's one of my favorite quotes. I did then what I knew how to do. Now that I know better, I do better. So the task is not to be called in, am I to blame? The task is to be called in, what do I do now? How do I move forward from here? This is the pivotal question. Lots of people go to therapy trying to figure out whose fault it is. And that's why a lot of marriage counseling doesn't work. Because that's what they deal with. What happened in the past, whose fault it was, and how it made them feel. There's a healing process that takes place, but it doesn't get you to the next place. You know, what are we doing from here? right? When we're focusing on whose fault it was. The growth step is asking, what do I do from here? How do I transform this into something better? How can I get to a better place for me, for my life, for my relationships, for my wife, for my family, for everything else? One of the things I've often said is that people go to therapy for one of two reasons, either to change or to not change. When people come in looking for who to blame, they're not looking to change. When people ask, what is my responsibility? They are ready to make a shift. They're ready to change. Sometimes people recognize that as they're going through the process. And sometimes people recognize it, you know, when they're going through a marriage crisis, that they have to recognize that they are the ones who have to make the shift and who can make the shift. So as I said to my client, when he was naming all of those people who had betrayed him, What's the central factor here? And we kind of acknowledge that it was him. 
But the bigger piece of that was to ask, so what now? Remember, I did note earlier that everything that is in your life, you either are allowed to be there because you continue the process of you, or you've created it to be there. That means that you get to make a choice here on how you go forward. If you choose to allow that place of blame, that place of being the victim, there won't be much change. If you acknowledge that you had a role in where that is, and now you want to find a better place, lots of change is possible. Lots of different possibilities are there. So how do you do that? This is kind of the reason I created the Fortified Spouse Program. In that system, I put together a place where you can begin by understanding the state of affairs of your relationship, kind of where things are. You give yourself kind of a diagnosis of what level of crisis your relationship is in. We build from there and start looking at what you do, you know, given that particular place. That's the quick start guide. Then as we move through the modules, I help you understand why things went wrong and how to correct them. Sometimes the correction is trying to heal the anger and resentment that have been built up. Sometimes it's because when you get into arguments, you don't do well with conflict which comes from early childhood insecurities and triggers. Sometimes you have a spouse that is so resistant that no matter what you do, because of the damage done, you aren't making progress. And we help you address that to make progress. The program and all its components fit together to help you understand both the crisis in action and how to resolve that crisis. It's built so you can use it even if it's only you that wants to work on it today. Even if you're separated, all of those pieces work together. The relational process that is a system of which you are now part of, right? You are not the problem. You are a part of the problem. Remember when asking that question, am I to blame? Am I the problem? Realize that you are part of a system. You are part of the problem. And looking back is not going to help you in your future. The only thing you can do is work on the what am I going to do today? How am I going to react? How am I going to take responsibility? Because I am able to respond. And you can change the patterns. You can change the habits. You can change the processes. And you can put the system in place. You do need a plan and you do need a program, but you are not the problem. You're part of the problem and you can be, of course, part of the solution. Thank you for listening. If you're hurting, if you're lost, if you're in despair, you need to understand what is actually going on. You need to get the tools to become confident, independent of your wife. You need to get the tools to better communicate. You need to get the tools to deal with your emotions. You need to get the tools to manage her reactions. You need to get the tools to deal with your insecurities and your triggers. You need to get the tools to become a better version of yourself. You need to start to make decisions that are empowered instead of disempowered. So if you're facing decisions, if you're facing this anxiety, what do I do? How do I respond when my wife is being toxic? I don't know what to do. My wife doesn't love me. I don't know what to do. My wife is cheating on me. I don't know what to do. She wants a separation or a divorce. I don't know what to do. Well, we can help you find those answers and give you those tools. Now, if you're interested in learning more about these tools, how to stabilize the marriage, 
how to postpone and delay the divorce or separation so you can work on yourself and save your marriage, how to start making changes to you, how to start building confidence, how to start being an empathetic listener, how to communicate, how to build trust, how to change your context, how to build desire, and so many other things you need to do to become a better man, to become a better husband, to become a better father, to save your marriage, to win your wife back, then I invite you to take part in the Fortified Spouse Program. Go to fortifiedspouse.com and enroll in the program. The program is going to change your life. It's going to make you a better man. It's going to restore the man in you, and it's going to save your marriage. This is Arturo Henriquez, and thank you for listening. You have been listening to the podcast, Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man. For further information, visit the Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.